Fellas, what's going on, what's man? Happening? Man, I can't call it even if I had two cell phones. Two cell phones and a pager. Marcus, mm. how you feeling, brother? Exquisite. Ooh, I like the sound of that. ACT words. Man, y'all know why we here today. What's going down? This is us coming live from Discovery Plus. This is Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers. I'm your boy, Dalen Spratt. I am the Marcus Harvey. And I'm Jawan Mass. And if you have not seen our hit show yet. Oh, it's a hit. We are paranormal investigators. And we love the history. We love investigating. Mm. What do we love, Jawan? We love to get scared. And on this podcast, we will look at some of the most infamous creepy tales. I mean, like, where did they come from? Mm. We'll investigate them. Mm -hmm. We'll talk to some experts. Okay. And maybe even channel some of the spirits. Slow down, unless you're talking about some liquor. In our second episode, we'll get into the mythological creature that drains animals of their blood. No, it's not a vampire. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's hairless. What? What? Burnt skin. Ew. Doll-like. Honestly, ugly-looking-like thing. Ooh. The chupacabra. Ooh. Ooh. Let's jump into it, guys. Have you guys ever had any encounters with the chupacabra? I I can't say that. No, I can't. I have can't say that. Yeah, because I thought about. I remember one time, bro. This is just random. You had told me you was like, yeah, that was probably chupacabra. It was a real <laughs> in, in mid conversation. I said, bro, where did you make that word up from? Like I had no idea hey, <laughs> it was a thing. See, you missed your blessing. You <laughs> no, missed your you blessing. educated me. <laughs> what about you, Marcus? You ever seen one? I did live in Gwinnett County. Ooh, mm, they so. they in the north. No, that's that's chupacabra. That's, that's chupacabra county. <laughs> that's chupacabra county. So I don't know if I saw one before it was a cat. <laughs> or it was just a chihuahua that was just really aggressive. <laughs> that was dehydrated. <laughs> somebody, I don't know somebody what it was. shaved it down somebody and told it to speak. Told it to speak. <laughs> That's what it was. I was like, dang, okay. But I don't know. I might have. But obviously, have you had an experience? So, y'all know I'm from Texas. Say word. Right. And listen, I believe to this day that I have had a chupacabra experience. You see, where I'm from, I'm from Dallas. But my grandmother, my father's mother, she lives in West Texas. This little town called McKamey, Texas. Uh-huh. So we're always growing up driving from Dallas to McKamey, man, because it was just cheaper. Six hour drive, man. But you going through like the back roads of the western Texas, like the oil fields uh-huh. and like the flatlands, bro. Mm-hmm. It's just really crazy out there. And see, in that part of the country, the chupacabra isn't a legend. Like it's a fact. Oh, Oh my God, like these people believe in this, like it's like <laughs> Jesus almost, man. Real. Yeah, bro. Yeah. But so you hear about it from people like your neighbors, and it's even made it on the evening news out there. Word? You, you got Tony, he got locked up for doing his little thing. Mm-hmm. And then they got the Chupacabra on gotcha. the evening news right there next to it, man. But very few people have actually seen it with his two eyes. So I almost feel blessed about it. I remember when I had to be about maybe about nine or ten, me and my dad, we were driving from Dallas. You know, man, we were headed to my grandmama's house. Like I said, the town of McKamey. And it's only probably about 2,000 people live in this town. It's desolate. I mean, dead. Everything is covered with like a thick coat of dust. Like I remember times going out there and seeing like little tornadoes but they would be sandstorms. 
So it's not even a tornado. It's like yeah. the sand just whips up like that. Tumbleweeds. Right. Like it's that type of western town, man. Mm-hmm. Jeepers Creepers vibes. Oh my gosh. But literally, we were driving down this dark, dark road, right? Nobody was out there. There was no street lights. It was literally pitch black. And you feel like you're driving blind at this point because you can only see so many feet in front of you. But literally, even with the headlights on the, the, the big beams, that only increased your visibility by maybe another foot or so. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can only be going <laughs> so fast down this dark back road, right? But in doing so, all of a sudden, bro, my father, like, just hit the brakes, Right? I'm talking about like his whole body mashed down on these brakes. Oh, Zo, bro, Zo, asked him, man. Look, the car jerked forward, man, and I remember the jerk of the car, like jerking my head up, and I'm looking out the window, mm. and on the side of the road, <laughs> I promise you, man, it was like this dog, but it didn't have any hair, and it had like sharp teeth, pointy ears, but like his back was like kind of just hunched. It was weird, man, but like. I guess the light from the car startled it and whatever it was doing, it like jumped up like and like shot off into like wherever the darkness. The darkness. Yeah, bro. And me and my dad just looked at each other. Y'all stopped the car? Bro. The yeah, stopped. because like that's what made us stop. This creature sees us. We see it. It darts off. And I remember him just driving off, bro. It was the quietest ride home. We didn't know what it was. And honestly, what's crazy, it wasn't until a couple years later that I was actually at home in Dallas and I was watching television and this whole special came on TV about the Chupacabra. And this lady was describing what she saw. And they have like, you know, those people, those first eyewitness sketch artists. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Bro, what they drew was exactly what me and my dad had saw a couple years prior. I remember going to get my dad and showing him. He was like, wow, we must have seen a Chupacabra. Yo, <laughs> Daylin's story was wild. I mean, it was crazy. I don't even know. I'm, I'm speechless. But we got more on Chupacabra coming up. And we're going to get into all the possible theories. But first... We got a scary story from one of our listeners. We got a celebrity in the house, guys. Mm. Kristen Aguilera. Wait, wait, wait. You said a celebrity. I thought the celebrity was Christina. It's Christina. Oh, it's Chris. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't worry, Kristen. You're still a celebrity in our eyes. She left us a voicemail. Mm. And it's not exactly the chupacabra, but I wouldn't be surprised if this animal that she encountered is his distant cousin. This is my mom's story. It's about the witch, the Lachusa. My mom was about six years old and she said it was a hot summer night and my mom and my uncle and my aunt and my grandparents were all outside playing. They lived on a ranch when they were little in Brackettville, Texas, and they were all sitting on the screen porch that was attached to the front of the house. And there was this huge mesquite tree right in front of the house. It started getting dark and then my grandma started hearing a noise coming from really far away. And so she decided to tell the kids, my mom, my aunt, my uncle, to all get inside. And all the adults stayed outside. And they were just all outside talking. They saw this huge bird type thing flying by. And it looked kind of like a huge eagle 
kind of like an owl of some sort. My grandma told my grandpa to not bother it, to leave it alone, don't mess with it, don't don't even acknowledge it. But of course he didn't listen and he started whistling at it and he was teasing it. After a while, the bird came back and sat on that big tree that was in front of the house. And my grandma immediately went inside and started praying. And my grandpa was still out there whistling and teasing it because he just thought it was just a big bird. No harm, no foul, right? And then the bird came off of the tree and went after my grandpa and tried to attack him. And so he ran inside. Finally, after a bit, the bird changed from a bird into a woman. And she just stood there. She didn't speak. But my grandpa saw it. And that's, you know, when he became a believer and they started just praying with each other and telling it to leave them alone. And then she turned back into a bird and she flew away. Guys. Turning into birds? We got to unpack this one. That was one of the wildest stories I've heard. Thank you so much, Kristen Aguilera. Not to be confused with Christina Aguilera. They are not related. We really do uh, appreciate that story. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I mean, one thing that I took away from it is you always got to have grandma's prayer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Is that what you took away from that? (laughs) Listen, (laughs) that's the one thing that resonated. Grandma prayed and that thing flew away. Bro, listen. You know what I mean? So I think uh, that's important. uh, The thing that you pulled What was that prayer. It's powerful. It's powerful. But I I picked up from there that I do not want to have anything to do with the What's it called again? What is it? La Chusa. La Chusa. I don't really don't want to be anything near the La Chusa or the Chupacabra or mm. the, the... You don't want the La Chusa uh, to choose you. Okay. Okay. Let's see what I did there? I see what you did. Yo, that was a good time. But remember... We're always looking to hear your scary stories. Listen, if you have a creepy experience with an urban legend, email us a voice memo at storiesforghostbrothers at gmail.com. That's storiesforghostbrothers at gmail.com. And maybe you'll hear yours on the show. We got more Chupacabra after the break. Chupacabra. I mean, Dalen, it may have been a hot spot in Texas. Yep. But many say the animal originates in Puerto Rico. Puerto. In Puerto Rico. Many may disagree, but there's one of the first reported sightings by Madeline Tolatino in 1995. She said she saw this alien-like creature outside her window. And word traveled fast, and more sightings happened. And even more livestock ended up dead with their blood drained. Okay. So the first reported sighting mm-hmm. was made in 1995. Yeah. That's a new legend. That's a new one. That's a millennial. That's a millennial. He just got his, they just got their wings. That's a Gen X. Oh, yeah. Gen X. A Gen X cryptid. What other new things are out there? What uh, mm. what what other 90 babies? <laughs> 90 baby cryptos are out cryptos there. Cryptos are out there. You got the Chupacabra that was born in 95. Born in 95. <laughs> <laughs> that was born, born in 95. How we older than the Chupacabra? Hey, bro, listen. That thing just popped up, didn't it? <laughs> but what's crazy is they say that this thing is like a strange, hairless dog creature and that it kills animals and leaves them drained of their blood. It's like a vampire. 
What's like, chupacabra stand for? Ah, I'm glad that you asked because you think that I don't know my Spanish. It actually means goat sucker. Oh. What? Goat sucker. Because okay. think about it. It was actually draining, draining the blood, blood from all these livestock. But nah, man. So people have also described it as having spikes down its back mm. and long claws. It sounds like it'd be a relative to the dinosaurs. But, you know, they say the chupacabra bodies have turned up in Texas and other southwestern states. Let me tell you why the chupacabra is the scariest thing to me, though. Okay. First off, I am I do have a thing with dogs. I am not the most comfortable person with dogs, like big dogs, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or like aggressive dogs Mm -hmm. or dogs that their owners say he won't bite Mm -hmm. and they have like the scariest teeth in the universe. Mm -hmm. Right. But like I know if I saw a chupacabra, because you can't say get. Get, they don't respond say, to that. They don't respond to that. Mm-mm. That entices them. Mm. They smell fear. Start, How many get now do you give it before you got to get now? Mm-hmm. Threes are always universal. Mm-hmm. So I definitely believe it's three. Mm. And you feel like that could ward off a chupacabra? I, I think the only thing that could ward off a, a chupacabra would either be headlights, like y'all did, mm. or like that heat. Yeah. Buckshot. But you yeah. know what's funny about that, man? What's that? There's some more sightings in there. Like you were talking about Texas, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Houston, over some years ago, right? According to the news report, in 2019, a man spotted a strange creature and snapped a photo. Okay. Mm. This was in 2019? 2019. Look at that thing. This is... Oh, my God. See, Whoa. it looks like a greyhound. Ooh, it looks like a greyhound, but like way more... That's definitely a chupacabra. That's super trooper. I don't know, bro. That kind of look like a dog with his hair shaved off. Wait, let me see. Let, actually, Stop let me trying to that. give that a pass. Bro. Hey, man, <laughs> that might be a dog with his head with his with his hair shaved. Let me. <laughs> well, I need to see which neighborhood in Houston this yeah, is. Yeah, we got to see this, what area. Because if Houston it's it, it, it Fort Ward, if it's in Fort Ward, then that that's right. just a major dog. Listen, if you're in the city of Houston, please do not be trying to put a spike dog collar on, on this chupacabra. You know what though? Like, if you really look at the picture, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it kind of give you like Bambi vibes? Like, you know, no, it don't give you Bambi. Bambi, you don't watch Bro, look. Oh, I'm now I got to question Jawan's yeah, childhood. Bro, yeah. Y'all not looking at the same picture. <laughs> Chupacabra's supposed to be emaciated, skinny. This look like a donkey. That bro. looks almost like, look a like a kangaroo-ish. Yeah, because it has, like you said, if it has a wide base. A wide body. A wide, a wide bottom. <laughs> but no, nah, man, this looks like a like a baby donkey. Even if we do, if I'm just telling you like this, for any type of creature to be like draining the blood out of other animals and look like a dog and be scary with long, I'm not with it. That's not your forte. That's not my forte. As humans, do are we supposed to be fearful of chupacabras? Like, do they attack us? Or are we like? It consider- seems like they just attack the things that you care about, like your livestock. Stuff, yeah, so smaller. Maybe animals. they're not preying on actual humans. Nah, I don't think anyone's had a little case of like a run in, a physical run in with a chupacabra. Yeah. So that's good to know. Okay, up next, we're talking to our main man, Dave Schrader. I mean, you may know him from Travel Channel's Hoser Files or the Paranormal Challenge. Yo, Dave will help Dalen dissect some of the theories around the chupacabra. Like, is it a government experiment? Or. Did Dalen just see like a little mangy dog? <laughs> but we'll find out next. Dave, brother man, how are you doing today? Dalen, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, man, of course. We couldn't think of anybody else to have on, especially when we're talking about something like this. Because from my understanding, you mm-hmm. have had an encounter 
with the infamous Chupacabra. Um, I personally, Dalen, did not have the encounter, but I was visiting with my grandfather in Faraday, Louisiana. Okay. It was around 1982, 1983, yeah. and was spending the summer. And my grandfather would take me out fishing, and we would go out and catch fish and spend many hours talking about history and local haunts and just weird things that were going on in and around Louisiana. And uh, I remember that day, uh, he had actually gotten a gar, which I don't know if you've seen him, probably one of the ugliest and creepiest looking prehistoric fish on the planet. Okay. And uh, we brought it back and my grandfather was stymied. He didn't know what to do with this, how to clean it. It's, it's armor on the outside is crazy. So one of the neighbors actually came over and started talking to him, walking him through the process, and then started to tell us this story that uh, he said, make sure you keep a close eye on it, Mr. Cliff. That was my grandfather's name. And he started to explain that there was something that was known to steal the fish from the hanging lines in the backyard. Wait, wait. In what part of Louisiana is this? This was Faraday, Louisiana, not far out of Natchez, Mississippi. So, oh, okay. Right now we know Texas and, and Mexico, Puerto Rico, those really seem to be the high level uh, places to see the Chupacabra or encounter them. Why do you feel like, before we even get to the rest of your story, right. man, because I feel sure. like it's about to be crazy. I feel like it's going to be crazy. But before we even get to that, why do you feel like the Chupacabra is only being seen in that southern region area? I don't know that it's necessarily contained to that area. Right, right. I just don't know if it's as visible. You know, if it's in the Pacific Northwest, there's certainly a lot more wooded areas exactly. and dense forests to hide in. Uh, Texas is not necessarily known for its forests. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's not what jumps to mind. Um, Mexico, Puerto Rico, obviously, but it's, it's an interesting deal. I know there's been a lot of speculation about, um, testing, uh, is, are these, uh, genetic testing creatures, things that have been accidentally released into the wild, mm. which, you know, could, could there be something to this story and, and that they've, you know, germinated and populated all over. Um, I also noticed that there's uh, quite a difference and variance in kind of the, the way that these creatures appear. Some have been uh, recognized as having wings, very lizard-like scaly skin, right. large eyes, fangs, pointed ears. Some look more dog-like depending on the region that you're in. And I guess animals too are going to adapt. Uh, the cryptids will adapt to the, to the locations they're in. And we see things like um, skunk ape, the wild man, the hairy man, Bigfoot, Bigfoot Sasquatch, right. Yeti. They're all names that really kind of are, are subsets of the same category, but there's different variances. Some are more aggressive, sometimes the color difference in their pelts. So, you know, that very well could be the same with the Chupacabra as it makes its way across the country. It may be adapting to its environment. We don't know if it, it truly is an experiment. We don't know what genomes they've put into this creature that right. may make it more adaptable to right. its environment. Because I remember one time I was in New York and I seen a rat. It had to be about this big, Dave. Yeah, it, if it wasn't a chupacabra, yeah. it was a baby horse. It, it was crazy, <laughs> man. But no, so what happened with the neighbors? He was telling you what well, happened. He, he, was, he had gone out, cleaned some fish, had left them out on the line to hang, and then went into the house and he heard this disturbance out in the backyard. And he went out to take a look and he saw this large, and he, he said it was somewhere between the size of a small dog and a large raccoon. And it was menacing looking gray, 
wrinkled skin, huge eyes. He said, that's what really stood out to him fangs. And it appeared to have these almost spike like ridges running along its back. And when it got out there, the reason he, he felt it was more raccoon like in, in sense is the way that it reached, grabbed the, the fish turned to him. And it made this just horrific hissing and snarl. Now, my grandfather and I were giving each other the quizzical look. Of course, I was I was very young at the time, so right. it, was, it was effectively freaking me out. But this guy swore that this creature had been seen in the area, and sure enough, we you know talking to the other neighbors in and around the area and some of the local legends, uh, we heard that there were other people in that area that had encountered this. And then when we would go down to go fishing, you know, a few days later, my grandfather was talking to some of the locals that were down uh, launching the boats, and he asked about this and. At the at the onset of the conversation, you could see this kind of knowing glance between our our guides and and the boat people there, um, and then they reluctantly talked about it. But you could see that they were very uncomfortable, and it almost felt like they were afraid if they talked about it, it would draw them to them. Hmm. So this is a this is probably in the pantheon of cryptid creatures. This is one of the most uh, bizarre and and frightening looking. Uh, beasts that that we've encountered in the cryptid world right Do- i know most of the stories start around the 90s but is- i literally i heard this in the 80s uh, right early 80s but it didn't have a name they didn't call it chupacabra they didn't refer to it as anything particular but they all talked about these creatures uh that would spring up and take livestock um anything from chickens to small pets and uh fish off the fishing lines if you left them there and right. in the buckets but see, I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you when was the earliest you could ever remember even encountering hearing about it. So you said it was about the 80s. So this, I would say probably 80, maybe 82, 83 at the latest. So, so me, that's when I first heard this. So in relation to like other cryptids like Bigfoot and all that, mm-hmm. when, how early did you, do you know what I mean? Do you feel like the the site, the earliest sighting of Bigfoot has probably been around for Hundred, you mean it's been around for years, right? Right. Well, there, there's even a legend that Daniel Boone encountered a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's stories of Teddy Roosevelt uh, fending off a Bigfoot. So those stories go way back. That's just interesting for the Chupacabra, like for it to be like a newer cryptid, like it's like a a, a more millennial. Well, not millennial, but it's a, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's the a new... Gen X cryptid. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I I don't know if it's necessarily that Chupacabra began in the 90s. Of course, there could have been some kind of secret scientific uh, thing that took place, and some of the creatures got free right. from their enclosure. Uh, or it could be that, like the people in in Louisiana that we were dealing with, it had been around for a long time, but we're not as they were not as open, obviously, as they are in the in the 2000s, right? right. Uh, 2006 and on with the explosion of paranormal uh, programming and TV and because it and became radio trendy and, and cool, yeah. And people feel like they can come out of that paranormal closet and talk about their experiences right. without being, you know, judged and uh, looked at harshly. So I think. These, these creatures may have been around much longer than we know of. And as we watch mm. on the fringes, I'm sure you'll start to see that more and more stories will begin to leak out that, that predate the known stories. Right. And they just might not have had a name for them. Like I said, there was no name for this creature. But in hearing its explanation of what this gentleman saw, gray in color, huge eyes, fangs, kind of a spiked and rippled back, um, it made a really 
terrifying noise as it grabbed the the fish and took off and it it had characteristics of it, it seems like multiple animals right. from lizard like to right. dog like to raccoon with the you know the the hands that could grab and and manipulate it's it's really kind of disturbing as you yeah. look into it but you've said some things that made me really think i've never in all these years and i've had my own little run in with a chupacabra in West Texas, man, and it's it, it was crazy. And, and what you described is something very similar to what I think that I felt like I saw and my dad saw way back then. But I never thought about the idea of this being some like government chemical testing animal that they didn't put down and they let go. And over the years, they've bred with this. And you know what I mean? Like that is a possibility. Which could explain the different iterations, because exactly. if they're out in the wild and mating with raccoons or other different creatures, that may give us the different looks for this. Now, wow. of course, the skeptics will point to the fact that if you look up some of uh, some different animals in different health categories, you can see that some of them look similar to, you know, like with mange. Yes. You look at bears and dogs and, and cats with mange. They can look very terrifying, but it doesn't account for the larger than normal eyes. It doesn't account for the spiked ridged back. It doesn't account for their life ability to almost seem to glide or fly away from certain situations. Right. Uh, it's, it's really kind of disturbing. And to know that they're there on the fringe and that you have uh, people that are, you know, are, are outdoorsmen, you have farmers, you have, you have people that work uh, fields that know what creatures are in their area and they're coming up against these beasts and they have no idea what they're dealing with. Yeah. I'm just wondering why hasn't anyone like actually caught one, you know what I mean? Or killed one. Like I've read stories of people, um, cause I remember it being on the news back in the day and this mm -hmm. lady thought she had one and she had it in a cage. And I remember right. the, the city, the police went down there. The animal control went down there. I think the mayor even went down there. And it turned out to be like a uh, like a skinny chihuahua. And everybody was just like, bro, what, <laughs> like, what are we doing, man? But chihuahua it was, with an <laughs> attitude, yeah. Right, and he was mad. Dave, mm -hmm. he, the chihuahua was pissed. Yo but, quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> right? <laughs> but it opened up the floodgates. I remember it was like this wave in the 90s because I remember being like in the fifth, sixth grade and there being this wave of stories. Like I said, I'm from Texas. My grandmother lived in West Texas. We always had to go through these back West Texas routes. And yeah, that was always the thing, the Chupacabra. And like no one else outside of Texas that I would talk, like my cousins up north in Minnesota, like I would tell them as a kid, and they'd be like, man, shut up. <laughs> like, you crazy. You ain't, what are you talking about? Like, no, we ain't never, like I said, New York, oh, they ain't nothing but a rat, man. We seen them before, but nobody other than the people, like I said, in my Texas area region had heard about the Chupacabra, and it's dope now that it's like, I don't feel crazy. Did they talk openly about it, though, or was it one of those things that were spoken about in hushed tones nah. almost afraid to be embarrassed nah, to speak man. about it Listen, i'm from texas like right. texas like texas god's country mm -hmm. texas no they love talking about stuff like that man like little legends and stuff like that like people see something like that and they want everybody to know and yeah like i said i remember like little stories and like i said me and my father but at the time we just didn't know i remember when we had our incident we didn't know what we had saw. We just knew that it was really, really different. And it wasn't until a couple of years later that I saw a special on television about the Chupacabra. And they drew it out. You know what I mean? It had eyewitness accounts. And I was right. like, Shh, that's exactly. 
Like, I called my dad into the... Like, that's exactly what we had saw that night. And I was just like, wow. I believe him. I believe in it wholeheartedly. Well, right. The the world and the universe is too expansive to, to think that we've discovered everything. Every year, Dalen, they are discovering new species of insects, of plant life, uh, water creatures and animals, you know, I mean, it, here's something to, to, to consider for people that are still on the fence and naysayers. It's been less than, I think, 150, maybe 170 years since the gorilla was truly found. He was really? a legend, right? It was a legend up to that point. People would talk about this large, hairy man-like creature and Nobody saw it and they never found bones and they never found corpses, which is part of the discussion of, well, you know, Bigfoot can't exist. Chupa, chupacabra can't exist. We would have stumbled upon a corpse at some time. You don't know. And, and what are they capable of doing? Do they right. bury their dead? Do right. they eat their dead? Do right. they hide the dead? Uh, we don't know what's going on with that. So we're not that far removed from discoveries like gorillas. We just take it for granted that we've always known that they've existed. Wow. And that's not true. And they, you know, they're constantly texting to one another. They're not seeing the big picture. Maybe we're missing these creatures around us much more often, but we're so focused on something else that we're missing them. And maybe that's why cryptids are having a heyday now. Maybe that's why they're becoming a little bit more bold. Yeah. And we are encroaching on their territories more and more often, right? We're, we're building more, we're tearing down forests, we're, we're, you know, these wildfires. It might be pushing these creatures into our areas where they have to go to find food, clean water, and safety. You know, I wonder if there's a place where, like, all things cryptid just come together and congregate. Like, if there's, like, is there, like, this portal, some, not necessarily a portal, but, like, is there an area someplace where you can catch... A chupacabra, a Bigfoot, an alien, us. Uh, you mean like everything in like a certain mile radius? That would be crazy. I don't doubt well, it. As we continue to progress in the field of research, we are looking at things where where there are these cross patterns. You know, in North Carolina, there's the Brown Mountain Lights. There's UFO activity. There's cryptid creatures. There's puckwudgies. There's all of these different beings that seem to be in one general area. What about that area? Right. Now is, is what we need to investigate. Why are, are they ley line patterns? Is there something indigenous to that area that yep. is, is useful for them? And we do find, which I think very strange is that a lot of these places, a lot of these encounters are really not that far from military installations, uh -oh. UFOs, cryptid creatures. There's, you know, all of these stories of military bases, underground military bases, things you, that actually exist. Are you saying what I think you're saying? I would say more, but I'm afraid somebody's going to break in this door I already and drag it. me out. Yeah. Dave, I'm already knowing it. And for your safety, we're going to stop the interview right there, Dave, because I can't let anything happen to you, buddy. <laughs> Dave, man, I appreciate, I appreciate you, it. man. Thank you so much for your time, man, and for your stories and all your information. You are a wealth of knowledge, and I enjoy talking to you every chance that I get. Dalen, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Take care. Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers is a Discovery Plus podcast. From Discovery Plus, our executive producer is Marissa Lucy. Our show is produced by Neon Hum Media. At Neon Hum, our executive producer is Jonathan Hirsch. Our lead producer is Joanna Clay. Our associate producers are Chloe Chobel and Evan Jacoby. Our production manager is Samantha Allison. Editorial support from Nick White. 
Music by Asha Ivanovich. Hans Del Sue and Josh Hahn engineered this episode. Hey guys, I want to thank you for listening and don't forget to send us your scary stories. Okay, scare you next week.